Episode 68 of Joey Hates Everything. I'm very excited for this one. This is a big deal for me. Uh, I have pretty much only had guys like Patrick from Minnesota or Jake from Texas on the show, but today we're here with ex-Minnesota Vikings running back coach as well as coaching with the Cardinals, Coach Carl Hargrave. How you doing, man? Oh, excellent, Joey. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to sit down with you, and uh, I think we'll have a great time here today. Absolutely. It's that time of year, you know, Super Bowl week. and uh... It really couldn't have come at a better time. I don't know how we possibly got this to work out. I just happened to, because I guess we should start out with how uh, we met your daughter, Autumn, who I worked with at my first job ever here. I just happened to throw it out there on New Year's Eve. Hey, you think your dad would do my podcast? She's like, he would. <laughs> and I really, just knowing your background, I didn't really think that there would be a chance it would happen. So I'm so excited to have you here. Um, that brings me to my, my first topic and probably the most important question. I'll just get it right out of the way on the bat, off the bat here. Now, I'm coach, I'm in my fee, peak physical uh, form right now. I longboard to work every day, so I'm very in shape. I'm dodging cars as I go in and out. Is there a chance, and it's all right if, if you got to talk to him first, do you think we could get me a tryout with Minnesota or Arizona? Well, it would be a tryout, but I don't know if it would be on the football <laughs> side of things. <laughs> but I know if you're dodging traffic on that, that longboard, I think you probably got some pretty good skills. <laughs> Now, now that's a good point you make. Maybe I couldn't, maybe I couldn't necessarily make the team. But one thing I would be uh, very interested in is Kirk Cousins, right? So, the guy, uh, as a huge Vikings fan, I'm constantly hearing news about him, different opinions and takes on him. There's a lot of people who say he just can't handle the pressure when it comes to a primetime game or a playoff game. Do you think maybe if I spent a year with him and I like show him, you know, hey, this is you could relax a little bit. It doesn't have to all be X's and O's. <laughs> You think that's a possibility? Well, I think there's, you know, there's, uh, we'll leave room for that. Okay. All right. That's, hey, that's a better answer than I was hoping to get. Um, so, obviously, I want to get into uh, the whole coaching career, the football career. We were talking when we met at, uh, we had lunch the other day. We sort of started off with your background uh, growing up in Iowa and getting the chance to really, you, you weren't playing organized sports at first. You were just sort of playing in the street like you talked about, right? Well, we did, uh, you know, growing up, I did do some organized sports. It was based on uh, the YMCA, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, back in the day, uh, that would have been in the 60s, and well, YMCA, you know, it was big. They, so they had organized sports, and we had some pretty good coaching. Dads would come out and coach, and, and that, and, and, and moms would be the cheering and bring the bring the food after the, after the events. And it's that very was important to the thing. kids, yes, you know. Indeed. So it was organized, and and then also at the uh, uh, we had it in, when I was at uh, in elementary school. Mm -hmm. We had some organized sports. So I've got uh, in, you know being in the military. My father was military, so they also uh, really pushed that togetherness and the sports side of things. So I had that. Okay. Yeah. Now, one thing I found very interesting is right when you explained to me that it was sort of not only in Iowa, right, where the population is going to be a little bit lower, even like for back then as well. You were telling me that. So I had this idea that you were just crushing guys out there. Right. And you, you told me that, no, we had some really great players. So I guess one thing I, I really should have wanted to ask more about during lunch was when was that moment that you knew, hey, I have something special. I'm going to be able to play at the collegiate level. Well, I, I, I tell you what, it was, um, I had really good leadership, good coaching. At, I went to Iowa City High School, mm -hmm. and we had really good coaching. And then, and, you know, as a, I was a starter as a, as a junior, but we had real strong senior class. Mm -hmm. And they kind of took us under the, you know, took the guys under the wings. And, and the coaching was good, uh, and I felt then, with that leadership that I had in front of me, the senior class, uh, you know, they taught me how to how to go in the weight room and lift weights and and the importance of you know strength training and and then also you know the teamwork side of it. And I knew then as a as a junior that I could play this game as good as anybody. A junior in high school. In high school. Okay. And then uh, and then I went with my uh, 
senior class, mm -hmm. and we were pretty darn good. Some mm -hmm. good athletes. You know, I was nowhere near the fastest guy out there, but I could. One thing that I, I really took pride in is being able to hit folks. Yeah. You know, I played defensive back, and, you know, I, I looked around and I saw guys in the NFL hitting players. And then uh, at the University of Iowa in Iowa City, you know, a couple of my mentors, and we'll talk about Dennis Green before, but then there was a guy named Craig Clemens mm -hmm. who was drafted by the Bears at that time, and, and he was a, what I, you know, he would get down and, and knock folks around. Yeah. And so I wanted to be like that. Okay. So so as soon as you, you sort of saw that when you were a junior and you sort of jumped to that level of, okay, now things are organized, now I have guys who know what to do to make me the best player possible, what is that feeling like? Because for me, I was, I was, we talked about this a little bit at lunch. When I was a kid, I was convinced I was going to play in the NFL. I loved it. I loved it so much. I love football. I was just didn't know what was really going on. And then the delusion continued into middle school. I go, okay, maybe I can't play in the NFL, but I, I could get on a college team, I think. And as soon as I got to high school, it was sort of like, I just want to start on the varsity team. When, when I realized that moment uh, in 10th grade where I didn't play for the entire first game of the season, I knew. I knew that you know my football career was never going to exceed high school, but then knowing it wasn't even going to go to that hurt so bad. So what is it like to be on the opposite side of that and realize, oh my God, I might get, might get to live my dream? Well, you know, it's always important to, to, to have a dream, mm -hmm. to think about the direction that you want to go with it. And it was a blessing to be able to, uh, you know, notice and then uh, feel that I got a chance to go play. Yeah. Because I, I'll be honest with you, playing professional football was not a dream of mine. Really? <laughs> it wasn't a dream. Uh, and then it became a reality when I got into college. And I said, doggone, I can play this game. And, and all of a sudden, the scouts were coming around and that. And so that's when uh, then I felt that, hey, this could be something fun to do. Interesting. I mean, you, you really don't hear that a whole lot. Uh, so what did you, did you have a dream before you knew you were going to be great at football? What did, you, what did you dream about as a kid growing up? Well, you know, I, uh, I just wanted to be the best athlete that I could be at okay. the time because I had some guys, you know, and, and I mentioned to you before uh, when I was running track as a kid, you know, I, I was blessed enough to, uh, and this is fifth and sixth grade, mm -hmm. that I was blessed enough to be able to win, I don't know if it was a national uh, pentathlon, I went to the National Junior Olympics right. at the University of Kansas, it's amazing. and I won that uh, pentathlon, and that was a time where I met, and I always enjoyed watching football, and uh, I met my idol at that time, and still to this day, Gail Sayers. Yes. <laughs> no, he came up and shook my hand, and he was the Kansas Comet. Mm -hmm. He was still at uh, the University of Kansas. Now, the, a lot of people, because Gail Sanders played a long time ago, and this this is a comedy podcast, not a football podcast. Right. Would you just talk about him a little bit and sort of give him his credentials and, and sort of talk about... It, just to give people listening a comparison, because a lot of them don't know that era of football. Right. This would be like if I went went off at some football tournament related to the Junior Olympics, some athletic tournament related to the Junior Olympics, and Adrian Peterson was there. Right. That was that was your guy growing up, right? Okay. Yeah. Adrian Peterson was a heck of a player. Now, yes. uh, Gail Sears, and and I would encourage people to go look him up. Mm -hmm. He was he. Okay, this this is an example. He would cut on a dime mm -hmm. and two nickels would pop up. <laughs> okay. okay. I've never heard that. That's a good saying. <laughs> and he had speed. He was elusive. Uh, you know, and you go back and watch that story, Brian's Song. One of my favorite movies. And that's that's where you would see uh, uh, Billy... Uh, Okay, come on, coach. I'm not gonna remember yes. the name either. He came and he just did a tremendous job. Yeah, great actor, uh, and it'll come to me. <laughs> it's not. It's not gonna come to me. Absolutely, that movie is from what? Like that? Uh, that's got to be what year? You think? Oh, that was sixty nine. Yeah. season seventy. They made uh, a. They made a 
new version of it, right? Like two decades later with better cameras and, and all this different research <laughs> yeah. on how to make a better script. Not even close to the original. The original is perfect if you've yeah. never seen Brian's song. It's, it's a very good uh, story about those two guys. Uh, that's definitely so cool to me just because you got to not only as a kid do what you really wanted to do and then meet your idol at the sure, same time. Sure, exactly. That, that was a blessing. And, and that was, those are points in life that will always stick with me. Absolutely. Always stick with me. So from there, I guess we go sort of into the college career, and I have a lot of questions uh, just regarding things not related to football, but maybe that a football player benefits they would get uh, by starting on the team, right? So first of all, you have a, a crazy resume at the at, uh, Upper Iowa University where you were a four-time uh, all-conference player with all-conference honors. On top of that, uh, 1975 MVP for defensive players in the conference, lettered four times. Now, with that, I had heard, it's going to drive me crazy, I can't remember who it was. He was a, a great running back in the NFL, and he was on a sports podcast I liked, played at the Not at Notre Dame. And one thing that he said to me that blew my mind was, as, a start, as an athlete, as a starting player, you pretty much just have girls all the time. Was that, was that the case? <laughs> Now, now you don't have to answer this. Okay, keep in mind you can you can well, plead the fifth here. That uh, you know, I enjoyed the social time in college, of course, and that was a, that was an excellent thing. And I, you know, Upper Iowa University was a small school. Mm -hmm. It was matter of fact, it was Division three at the time. Really, okay. And so that was a blessing to be able to go there and decide to stay there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and a big part of that was the friends that I met, mm -hmm. both male and female. Okay, gotcha. And that was a, one of the reasons that I did stay there as opposed to transferring back to Iowa State or the University of Iowa. Okay. That now, I've lived in uh, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, uh, South Dakota. Just be honest with you, not, not, the best, not the best chicks in the entire world, all right? What, was, what are Iowa girls like? Are they very down-to-earth? Are they... Compare them maybe like they're Minnesota girls, almost like that? Well, you know, it's the, it's the uh, classy, okay, quality, quality. And that's what you look for, <laughs> okay. class and quality people. Man. And the women were, you know, they were beautiful and they were friendly and, uh, you know, just, uh, just enjoyable, okay. enjoyable time. And I've always enjoyed, you know, it's always about the respect line mm -hmm. across the board. And that's one of the things that I... I'm thankful with my parents, right? And I have two sisters, you know, and so, and I've got two daughters, and so it's always, always learn, uh, and and that always respect to of give course. respect to receive respect, and always respectful. I think that's a good thing. I'm getting more and more jealous as we have this conversation here, honestly. <laughs> oh, I'm hoping you'll give me that tryout. It seems like a pretty awesome life. Well, I think you'll do well. I think you'll do well. It it depends what I try out for. If I could just be Kirk Cousins, like uh, sort of like his his assistant or something like that. If I could just get him to relax, I really think I could benefit the organization. Well, you know, you would be a great benefit to the Viking organization Thank because you. of the attitude, attitude, attitude. Okay. And that's one of the that's the one of the things that successful people, no matter what it is that you in, involve in, is attitude, attitude, attitude. And, Kurt Cousins, he's a heck of a quarterback. Matter of fact, he's getting ready to to be awarded uh, the Bart Starr Award this weekend this. with the uh, uh, here at uh, at the Super Bowl events. Yeah, he won that, and it's uh, uh, class and character. Class and character. I there's really no question about his character. I just you know when we get to that, this is this is a good question I guess to ask from a sport uh, coaching perspective is. When we get to that last play of Vikings-Giants from this year, and it's fourth and eight, he throws the three-yard check down. A am, I, am I crazy for going, you have Justin Jefferson on the team, you throw it downfield, man. You throw, you throw it up for somebody that's past the line of scrimmage. Right? Well, you get the first down. Yes. That's, that's the number one thing. Yes. You get the first down. And, and, but the other side of it, everyone's got to be open. Yep. you got to work to be open because the worst thing you want to do is throw the pick. <laughs> you know, and, and so... Again, you go with your big guns. Okay. I mean, back in the day, we would have hit, uh, well, I, I guarantee you this, Randy Moss would have been open. Randy, uh, Randy second, would have been open. Secondly, Chris Carter would have been open. Yes, yes. And Jake Reed would have been open. 
There were so know. many distractions on that offense, you know, to, to take away. Like, defenses had to focus on everybody instead of putting three guys on Justin Jefferson. Oh, right? oh sorry. You're all good. You're all good. Um, so, just to keep going on uh, the college career, you you did really well all four years. Um, you got a lot of different accolades and awards there. From there, you get drafted by the Raiders. And like you just talked about, when when you were playing, it was Division Three. So... When did you realize that you were you might play in the NFL? The first day I walked on that field. In college? <laughs> in college. Wow, yeah. man. First day I walked on that field. So you had to have confidence. And, uh, you know, I, I look at our first game. Heck, I, I looked around in the first game, and it was uh, it was an experience. Matter of fact, we were playing a team. I can't remember the name of the team because it was back in 1972. <laughs> but it was a team out of Minnesota. Oh, really? And they'd come down to our place, and uh, I recognized then just that my game was, I was learning the game, but I knew this, if I attacked, then I got a chance. And then, you know, we did some, I think I got an interception that game, and then uh, the second game, ran the opening kickoff back, and all of those type of things were starting to happen. Mm -hmm. And I said, I can play this game with anybody. And and uh, I was blessed. I mean, truly, that that must be an amazing feeling. So you talked about your parents before and how they sort of raised you to be you know as respectful as possible. I can say that I, I would be kind of a douche if I was that good at football. I can tell you right now, I would be a little bit of an asshole just based on knowing myself. How did you keep yourself from going? This is this is. I'm gonna be the shit now. I'm gonna be a celebrity. I'm going to be. Why do I have to uh, treat anybody with any respect? Well, How do you keep that? I didn't think that. I didn't. That never crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to be the best player and the best team player that I could be. Okay. And so if a coach asks you to do something, you just go do it. Mm -hmm. Now, and it wasn't about. I was working to be the best that I could be, mm -hmm. and I knew this that I would have to learn from just as I learned in high school from my high school seniors mm -hmm. how to be the best leader that you can be and so it was more about being that's that's something that could help maybe young players is being humble a little bit and then instead of just the first success you have thinking I'm going all the way right yeah oh exactly mm -hmm. because you know in, in, in football whether it's at whatever level you're one play away from being on the bench right <laughs> That's another thing I found so so interesting that you said the other day is uh, when we were at lunch, I asked you about when you're out there at such a high speed and such a hard-hitting game, you know, how do you keep injuries out of your mind? And you didn't even take a second of hesitation. You said, oh, you don't think about that. You can't think about that when you're out there. What what goes into that? It's just, it's just wanting to win so bad, or is it just knowing that you have the toughness and the, the strength to be able to go up against these guys? Well, you just want to because that's, that's the challenge that's placed in front of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And sense. so in, 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 as a coach and a player, preparation uh, is, is number one. You know, you've got to be prepared for all of the different things that could happen and all of the different things that you want to happen. And so it's all about preparation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Know, that's the practice, that's the meetings, that's the walkthroughs, that's the weight room. All of those things come into play. Okay. So one, one question I had on my sheet here related to that was, is that what is the biggest thing that takes away from a player's success? Like when you see the skill, it would be like just what you were talking about just now. It's not the focus on the weight room and the playbook and the film and things like that. There's just not enough focus, would you say? Well, I think focus is big. You've got mm -hmm. to have focus. And there's there's focus, and then there's fine focus, where you hone it in. And I think that is a big key to success. And then also, you know, uh, one of the things I think that I learned the most is that, and that was going from college to the, the pros, was that don't be afraid to seek the help of people that can help you. But I learned it late Okay. after. And that's one of the things that, you know, if a player or a person, whether, it was, whether you're on the field or you're in the field of life, 
whatever that is, don't be afraid to ask a question. Yes. You know, don't be afraid. And a lot of times pride gets in the way. Well, I should know this, but you don't know it. But don't be afraid to ask the question so you get the information to help you be successful. Adam, actually, and I were talking about that the other day. He gave, he told me a good saying I'd never heard before. Closed mouths don't get fed. That's it's right. true, right? Like you got you to gotta say something. You got to speak up when you need yeah. help or if you want something. Oh, exactly. Because you know, if right, nobody knows. Yeah, because the worst that someone can say is no. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Especially when it That's comes right. to help and stuff like that. Um, so from there, I, I wanted to talk about um, after the, the season with the Raiders. Forgive me if I'm getting the year wrong. It was 1976, correct? 76. So after that, um, I'm, I'm spacing a little bit on what you'd said. There was an injury that led you to be cut from the team, and then you went to the Broncos to try out with them, correct? Well, no, okay, so I, I, I got there, and I was nowhere near. Here's the interesting thing. When As soon as I walked there, I get there, they pick me up. From the, from the airport. Matter of fact, it was uh, Jim Otto, who was Hall of Fame center. Okay. You know, he, he was working with the organization. They picked me up from the, from the, from the uh, you know, from the airport. And we get there, and John Madden comes up to me Whoa. and says, Carl, welcome to the Raider family. Wow, We man. drafted you because you can hit. I didn't say anything about running or any of that stuff. We drafted you because you can hit. Wow. And I tell you what, that was an experience right there. That was an experience. And then secondly, they were I was nowhere near, nowhere in the vicinity of being able to play at that level. Okay. Because of the, the lack of, I like to say lack of coaching that I had at the college. Okay. Nothing against the coaches, no, by any means. But it was a Division three, and and the guy that drafted that, that signed me, the the coach in college that signed me, I went there because of him. Mm-hmm. And then he got cancer, wow. and so that he had to leave mm-hmm. after my freshman year. Okay. And they brought in, Upper Iowa University, they brought in a coach that had been there before. And he was a great guy, great coach, and good coach, you know. I'm not going to lie. But he hadn't moved mm-hmm. his mindset from when he was a coach. There. Right, right. Okay, and so I didn't learn enough about the game until I went to the Raiders. And I saw that I, you know, I was – I was blessed to be able to, you know, be in the same defensive backfield during training camp mm. with guys like Jack Tatum and Willie Brown and Skip Thomas and a number of those guys, you know, mm. uh, and, and a couple of them Hall of Famers. And they took me under their wing for the period of time that I was there, mm. you know, to, to, to work with me after practice. And, Come on, let's go. We're going to do this and that. And, I had never seen speed uh, like on, on I saw level. on that level. Uh-huh. I mean, so so take me through the mindset then of when you're realizing that. Are you are you shocked or are you hey maybe I expected this a little bit? Well, no, I didn't go there with that expectation. No, so you were shocked. I was shocked. Okay, you know, and when a guy like uh, Cliff Branch, I'm going. You know, they played. I played safety but they started everyone <laughs> at cornerback okay so i line up out there with a guy named cliff branch against a guy named cliff branch and he ran by me like i wasn't there <laughs> i spun around whoa you go, what was that what's happening yeah hadn't seen that you know yeah. and he's all pro player and he and he should be getting into the hall of fame mm-hmm. okay so then i next person i line up against is a guy named, uh, uh, dog, got it. <laughs> I mean, the guy you just said is going into the Hall of Fame. He's I didn't going know his name. Fame, I was nervous about not knowing enough names me. going into this. And so. then, uh, just off the tip of my tongue, great, uh, great receiver. Uh, matter of fact. So you remember what year that that would have been seventy six? Seventy six. We could try and we can try and see yeah, what what the best up. receivers were for the Raiders. Well, year. it was well. He's he's a Hall of Famer too. Uh, 
and but he couldn't run. Fred Belitnikov. So Fred. I lined up with Fred Belitnikov. Okay, so now uh, Cliff Branch just blew by me. <laughs> okay, so I'm still out there in the corner thinking I could play, <laughs> and next thing you know. Here comes Fred Belitnikoff on this side. Mm. So I go out there and I lock on to him and I'm ready. And all of a sudden, he's running routes. I mean, he is a precision, yeah, precision route runner because he didn't have great speed. And he turned me around a number of different ways. I was tied up in a knot by the time <laughs> he comes out of his route. And I'm, <laughs> you know, so those two guys right there. Uh -huh. And as soon as that happened, the coach says, uh-uh, you're moving to safety right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. You know, just get over here to safety. Because that's what he, they drafted me, because I could hit. Yeah. And and then the safety behind me was, uh, in front of me, was uh, was Jack Tatum. Okay. Who was a pure knockout artist. Yeah. Yeah. So then take me take me also through the mindset of when you realize this and you realize uh, maybe I'm not at this level, were you – extremely disappointed or was it was it just like i'm going to keep going here keep trying as hard as i can well i'm going to keep going and keep mm -hmm. trying There's opportunities mm -hmm. you know opportunities to play and so uh so i got cut and then they had a little taxi squad type thing come back and forth and that and then so the next year uh i get a call with the denver broncos right and so they, they so i go into camp training camp with Denver Broncos, and they had some great guys back there, too. They're just tremendous guys to be around. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the following year, I mean, that was a, the first year was a, the the Oakland Raiders Super Bowl, okay? They yeah. go to Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, they played Minnesota Vikings. Right, right. Okay. I try to block it out. And then, <laughs> uh, and then the next year, so 77, I'm with Denver Broncos, and I'm doing pretty darn good in the training camp and that. And then I get hurt. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so that ended that. And that was the year they go to the Super Bowl. Oh, damn, I didn't realize that. So it was, because you had told me about the Raiders going the year that you yeah. got cut from them, and then you got hurt on the Broncos, and then they go. And then they go to the Super Bowl. Jeez, which is man, that's tough. But it was tough. But it, yeah. I tell you, the experience, I wouldn't pass it on. And then, mm. and then the following year, you know, I get a phone call uh, from the Giants. Mm -hmm. And so, it, so that would have been 78. The Giants, so I said, well, heck, I'm going to go there. Mm -hmm. And so I go to Giants, come on, you can make our team, we look forward to you, and, you know, I go out there, and, and the first preseason game, we're playing Cleveland, and I get rolled up, I'm going to make a, make a hit, matter of fact, I think it was special teams play, going down on a kickoff or something, I get rolled up on the sideline, mm -hmm. and just mess my ankle up, and and then that was the end of that. So I said three strikes, and I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Better, better get out before something worse happens. Right. And, and you know, with the uh, the players that I met at all three teams were just tremendous. Mm. Just they were all helpful, and and uh, you know, uh, the veteran players at at Denver and the veteran players at the Oakland Raiders they were they were all uh, embracing. You know. Because they wanted you part of the team and a part of how we do what we do. Okay, so that ba that basically answers my next question. Then, just based on what you just said, and then having met you for you know just talk with you for a couple hours here, you're more thankful for the experience than you are disappointed by what could have been, right? You're just you're just thankful that this this all went through that way for as far as the playing career. Well, yeah, it, mm -hmm. it was thankful and had those opportunities, and mm -hmm. and things didn't happen where I, where I was able to stick and. And that happens, you know. There's uh, there's a number of different ways that you can get out of the league. A million, probably a million, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And and you know, there's, there's a handful of players. You know, when you think about the league now, uh, there were, you know, there's what I like to say, just round out to less than seventeen hundred players mm -hmm. in, in that total. are getting total. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that are getting paid to play this game. It's a significant difference when you really look at the era versus, you know, just just how players acted on the field, right? That was something I think you wanted to talk about a little bit, the difference between that back then and nowadays. Uh, you were talking about you think maybe they're a little, little too protected out there. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> the game now. It's, it's, yeah, I'm so glad we're know, filming this so you can see the pain on his face there. It's <laughs> just, uh, 
you know, well, yeah. I, you know, I'm not gonna, and, and it's, ah. <laughs> yeah, it's ah. Well, it is, and and when it becomes all right to drop a pass mm-hmm. and not think nothing of it, oh well, yeah, they I it guarantee off. you, it, it, you know, and I go back to the Minnesota days where, and they they had the great coaches and and where. You know, you can't tell me Chris Carter or Randy Moss or or Jake Reed or or Chris Walsh or any of the guys. You drop a pass, you take that personal. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh well, okay. Nowadays it's oh well. <laughs> and then the same thing with on the defensive side, missing tackles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not that's right now. It's expected. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's kind it. of a it's, part of it. It's more of a shootout style yeah, than a yeah, defensive. And they're just game. reaching around, trying to pop the ball out, mm-hmm. and getting out of the way. It's 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 not good. It's not good football. Mm-hmm. Coach Carlism, good it's, football right now. I just don't think it is. As far as I think that's the name of the episode right there, Coach Carlism. <laughs> I'm going to try and take the, more of a, a Coach Carlism aspect approach to life after this. Um, so. Obviously, there's just so much to talk about here. I know, I know, you're you're headed out to the Super Bowl after this, correct? Well, there's some different events. Different that events, I'm right? Go to okay. And, uh, you know, I do work, and personally, I'm not. You know, I'm going to go to a couple of events. Right, but you're going to be at like that's what I meant, Super Bowl events. So you're going to be like in the mix, really. You're going to be in Glendale, right? You're going out there. Well, no, I'm going uh, downtown. There's, there's, you know, the the teams just came out. Uh-huh. The teams of uh, they're having events today with the teams, and I'm, I don't want to get too caught up in all of that. Oh, right, right. I want yeah. to go and see some of the guys that I know that that will probably be around town. And, That's awesome. And just man. see a few of those guys. Uh, I was down there. They got. I was down there the other day. They got a giant promotion on a literal skyscraper. It's a giant picture of Gronk. He's gonna kick a, a field goal at halftime. Yeah, yeah. You think he's gonna make it? Let's get your take. I right don't now. know. I tell you what. You you look at Gronk and you say, well, he can't do this. And you know, it was the same thing when he came out of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of player is he gonna be? That Gronk turned out to be a great player. Insane. A yeah. great football player. And he's a good guy. You know, I don't know him well. I've met him, but mm-hmm. and he's an excellent guy. You know, he's a good guy. So he's a fun guy to be around, and and you know, you never see a snarl on his face mm-hmm. or any of that type of thing. And it's not fake. Yeah, yeah. He's one of my favorite players. I really, really love that video of him. It was right after they beat the Falcons uh, in the Super Bowl. And there's this video they put on Twitter. It's like five seconds long. It's him sitting on top of a limousine. He sl- finishes a beer and then falls in through the roof of the limousine. I'm like, that guy is amazing. Um, so, like I said, I, I obviously very much value your time here. I want to keep things moving because I have so many questions yeah, wow. on here. And that being we'll said, it it's, it's not that... I, I would love to. Any time you want to do this, I would love to. Um so quickly, just if we could go through the rest of your coaching career leading up to the Vikings, if you could just give me a rundown of that. Okay, so I was in, uh, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, I got into coaching and because I have a passion for it and I have a passion to, to be able to help inspire people to be the best that they can be, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what it is. And uh, and that's one of the because I – Receive that same from the guys, the coaches that I was around. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Green is my mentor. I love that man and his family, and and he was always there, mm-hmm. you know. And that's where I started my coaching career. Right. You know, I did a little bit of coaching at the high school level, and this would have been right after the, uh, uh, and I did a little bit at Upper Iowa, uh, just to kind of get my feet wet, and then I did a year at Central High School in Waterloo. Mm-hmm. And then Dennis Green gave me a call and said he was heading to Northwestern University. Yeah. And he said, come on. And I jumped on that ship and, and then that, you know, that catapulted my coaching career. Mm-hmm. And so when Dennis Green gave you that call where you sort of, you got that feeling in your chest again, you're like, this is it, man. This is it. This is, That's he's, exactly he's, right. And, because you talked about knowing him from, it was ninth grade, correct? Ninth grade. That blew yes, my mind, indeed. you telling me that. So, it, you know, as soon as he got into professional coaching, it was sort of like you knew he was he was going to be something big, Well, right? that was where his passion was, mm-hmm. you know, and he coached uh, 
you know, I met him. He was coaching at Iowa, and uh, well, it was prior to that, but uh, uh, he coached at Iowa, and then he went on and went with uh, 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 Bill Walsh out at uh, Stanford, and, mm -hmm. and then uh, that opened the door for him to be the head coach at Northwestern University, and that was 1981. Wow. And, uh, and that's when uh, we went to Northwestern, and stayed there five years, and he left to go with uh, uh, Bill Walsh to the 49ers. Mm -hmm. And then I left Northwestern University, which was great. It was a great five-year. Uh, uh, we met great players, and players that, you know, that's one thing about the players, I, you know, the, much love and respect for them today and, mm -hmm. and where they're going in their lives and, yeah. and that. And so I left there and went, he went to the 49ers and I left and had an opportunity to go to University of Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. And I was with Mike Godfrey and that was interesting how that hooked up too because Mike Godfrey, uh, he had his offense, the style that he was running and we were running the West Coast offense mm -hmm. at Northwestern, coming from you know the Bill Walsh uh, uh, tree, mm -hmm. and they would come over and 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 uh, we'd do clinics with them. Wow. And he was at Mike Godfrey at the time was at the University of Kansas, mm -hmm. and uh, and so uh, when that opportunity came, he went to Pitt, and so uh, it was time for me to leave Northwestern at the time, and and so I went to Pitt with him. And I was there for a year, and that was great. And then I had an opportunity to go with Jack Pardee at the University of Houston. Right. And so John Jenkins, offensive coordinator, he and I worked together at Pitt. And it was interesting, the mindset of Mike Godfrey at the time, you know, he had his offense, but then John Jenkins had that, we were just getting that run and shoot going. And so I learned, and then I was bringing in the West Coast offense. Yeah. So we're blending those three just for that year. And it was and, like a whole, whole brand new sort yeah, of style it, of offense. Yeah, and we did. Yeah, and so that was, and that's one of the things that I really respect about Mike Godfrey. He didn't, he wasn't worried about his ego and his offense. He wanted to get learn about this offense and the run and shoot. And so you bring in John Jenkins, and I was able to go there and talk to him about the. Uh, uh, the West Coast offense, and, mm -hmm. and then he had his. So that's one of the things that always stuck in my head. Don't yeah. be afraid to get the information right. uh, that to help you be successful. And then I went to the University of uh, University of Houston, mm -hmm. and then we had the 1989 uh, uh, Heisman Trophy winner, Andre Ware. Andre Ware, yes. I, I remember he was, because you were the wide receivers coach. Yeah, I was, we had two wide receiver coaches. I had the outside guys, mm -hmm. and then Ron Calcagney, who played it, uh, he was a heck of a quarterback at Arkansas, mm -hmm. and so he had the inside guys. Yeah. That must have been an amazing feeling to see that success and just know that, hey, this is going forward. Yes. I know Dennis Green and, and Bill Walsh. Yeah. Like, this is going to work out, you know, so... <laughs> That's that's another question I had on there. I couldn't find too much information on on the internet about it. The Bill Walsh Minority Foundation is that what it was called? Uh yeah. And I tell you what, that was. Uh, I don't uh, personally. I don't use the word minority. Okay. Very well, but that was what the program was at that particular time. Yeah. Okay. So I was on board with it, and what that did that opened up the doors. And I tell you what, to having. Quotations. Quotations. Watch <laughs> uh, the film. He said, uh, put quotations, the thumbs up. Quotations. Uh, uh, equity and equality yes. in the quotations, mm -hmm. coaching, uh, hiring uh, methods. Okay. Okay. And that worked at that time. Right now, it's become a sham. Uh-huh. Okay. I, I would really like to get into that a little bit. We'll talk um, about that another time. Oh, okay. Oh, another, whenever, another whenever you want to talk about that, it. Honestly, that is something I'm very interested in, is, is just in the terms of coaching, right? The NFL has a rule where you do have to interview one black head coach every single time. Do you view it as a problem as far as coaching the lack of, of black coaches, or is it just random, like by the draw? Do you think it just happens to be that way? Well, let me take you back. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All the way back. So, no, we go back to the uh, uh, the whole idea of the uh, uh, minority, minority. 
Oh. The reason I don't like to use that word. I, to I think I get it. Because yeah. it is. If you go look it up in the dictionary, mm. it means less than. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay? And so I'm not interested in less than. Yeah. All right? So, so but, all right, enough of that. <laughs> I, I do. That is something I'm very interested in. We talk about race stuff on this podcast yeah. a lot. You yeah. know, it's, it's fascinating, and there's so much you could talk right. about. But I, as far as this being a football episode, right. we'll, just, we'll talk well, about I'm saying, it football, football aspect, works in front you know. football. So, um, the... Uh, uh, so they came out with the Rooney Rule, hmm. okay, and that's the Rooney Rule where that's basically what that is. Mm -hmm. You want to, and that's from Art Rooney in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, okay. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to uh, for basically force feed the idea that we can open up the, uh, um, the doors to coaches of color. Mm -hmm. uh, to have an opportunity to interview with the owners and the decision makers of each organization if they are hiring, if they have an opening for the head coaching position. Mm -hmm. And I think when it initially started, it was great. Okay. Because it opened doors. It, 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 and it was utilized in a fashion of moving forward. Okay. Okay, and I believe that's one of with with uh, that's one of the reasons that Dennis Green had that opportunity, really, to become a head football coach. Interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. and Tony Dungy had opportunity to be a head football coach, and the guys that are out there um, today have that opportunity. Okay, now it is kind of watered down. Okay, to where it becomes, well, we'll throw it down there, come get an interview, but we're going to hire so-and-so anyway. It's more of it's, checking the box. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, okay. That's that's interesting because you hear so much about that, and then with, with the amount of black players in the NFL, I mean, it's it, they are the, the majority. That's, that's a better word to use instead of minority, right? Because in the NFL, a lot of the players are black, so it really the problem people uh, immediately raise on that is, is going... Well, if there's so many black players throughout the history of the NFL and the current NFL, doesn't it make sense that there would be more black head coaches, right? Well, remember this. I, I, mean, I appreciate what you're saying there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I agree with that. There should be more. However, uh, remember, that didn't happen until, you remember, the NFL in the beginning didn't have a whole lot of black players. <laughs> Okay. I guess I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, they really didn't have didn't a whole lot that. of black players. Yeah. And, and it was still shunned. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you get the great players that, that, that kind of added to the game. And now it's kind of switched mm -hmm. to where there's uh, the, the higher percentage mm -hmm. of black players per team yeah. than, than, uh, than white players. Let me ask you this. So I, I don't know... I don't know what your stance will be on this. Eminem is my favorite rapper, right? It feels weird because he's white. But I think that subconsciously, I wanted to be a rapper growing up, so that's why he became my favorite. When I see like a, a guy like Adam Thielen, a white guy who kind of a little bit looks like me, making insane over-the-back catch or something like that, it inspires me a little bit. Yeah, is that, can yeah. I, am I allowed to have that yeah, little bit of a yeah, rush? Like, yeah, you kind of got that rapper got look one. and you got that... Yes! Yeah. <laughs> Adam Thielen and, uh, yeah. and and Eminem all in one. Dude, That's what we have here. This this is the best day of my life. I swear <laughs> to God. I don't I don't think I'll ever have a confidence issue again after an ex ex Vikings uh, coach just told me that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very very happy yeah. about that. Um, that's another thing is my dad, he's, you know, that's our connection is the Vikings. So okay. to know that he, when he listens to this episode, he realizes that's my son talking to Dennis Green's right-hand man. <laughs> yeah. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna blow his mind, yeah. all right? I, I worked at a McDonald's four years ago, okay. all right? There <laughs> so you go. He's, I think he's going to be very proud of this one, and that's uh, what I'm so excited to. So I guess just to keep going on the timeline here, that'll take us um, right up to your first year with the Vikings in uh, 1992, correct? Right. Yes. So that year, you guys went eleven and five. You were the running backs coach right then. Well, no, ninety two. Here's here's an interesting thing. Before Denny got that job, mm -hmm. you know, we met, 
and I'm not trying to change it, but we met and he he we met at the coaches convention. I think it was coaches convention in LA. Interesting. And he says, uh, and that's I got another story for you too. I was thinking about this. Okay. Are you a Prince fan? Dude, my mom is obsessed with Prince. Well, at that time, I met Prince. Oh, no. Talk to him. Great guy. Great guy. But, okay, so then he comes up to me and says, we meet and we're having lunch. And he says, he says, man, all right, I got this gig. We're going to Minnesota. We're going to the Vikings. And, but he says, you know, I can't because they're, 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 I can only bring in a number of coaches okay. full-time right now, okay? And so I'm sitting there and saying, listen, and, and, uh, and, and, um, and then he says, uh, I want you to be a part of my program. I want you to be, but I'm not going to be able to bring you in full-time right now. And because, they're, you know, I got to keep some guys mm-hmm. with the money situation yes, and that type yes. of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, cool, I'm there. And, uh, and so... And so that was 92. Mm-hmm. And so I went in there, and I always add these up, I count them, with the uh, intern program. Okay. Okay, so I'm there doing a whole training camp and that. But at that time, I was going back from, from Houston, University of Houston, to the University of Iowa. Okay. And so I was going back to my hometown, anyway, to coach at the University of Iowa with Hayden Fry. In 92? In 92. Okay. But I was at Minnesota in their black coaches program. Yes. I, 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 I like to I, say that. I don't use the word minority. It makes a lot more sense. Obviously, the word minority, you explained that very yeah. well, why you don't like that one. But also, the fact that it implies that you were there just because you're black, right? You knew Dennis Green well, straight up, and he was Green. bringing you yeah, in. Yeah, he was bringing like, me they, in. So they I, absolutely should have put that on your stats. Well, right? you that's, know, I count that. Okay. okay, I count that. Yeah. And so I had 13 years in National Football League, so mm-hmm. I count those two years. Yes. So it was two. And the running back coach at that time, Denny uh, brought in, was Tyrone Willingham. Okay. Who was uh, just a tremendous guy, tremendous football coach. And so he was coaching the the, uh, the running backs at the time. And at that time, for those two years, I went in and worked with the offensive line and the tight ends. Okay. During those during that period of time, so mm-hmm. those two years, so it was ninety two and ninety three. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then he said it's going to be two years, and he let me know ahead of time. So that's when I transferred. It was great. I moved to from University of Houston to the University of Iowa, back to my hometown. Right. And that was one of the blessings of of this coaching, the whole coaching thing. So you love that, just being able to go back to home go, and, go back home. Yeah, go that back must home. have been pretty awesome. And so that was nice little homecoming. Yeah. Coach at the University of Iowa. And then, uh, and then during the summer, I worked up there at the, at the with the Vikings in their, mm. in their, you know, during their training camps and and that, and so that really worked out great. And that so is. that's that program that uh, that was excellent, and mm. you know, I was part of the staff. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally get what you're saying in that aspect. Now, let me just let me just uh, explain the point we're at here. Obviously, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Adam, our producer here, has got to be out of here at twelve. I want, I want to go have another episode where we go through all these years leading up yeah. to 98. But 98 was so important for me to talk about because I have so many questions throughout that game. So I don't want you to think I'm just skipping right over these years. Oh, um, no, don't. I just have so many questions still yeah. left on here. I want to keep a good time. Uh, so let's just, just for now, go to 98. Take me what the mindset was, uh, over what the mindset was going into that season, having Randy Moss, Robert Smith, uh, uh Chris Carter, you guys have Dennis Green. You're you just came off of a a, a ten and six year, so there's yeah. a lot of positivity going around. What was what was the mindset going into that season? Well, it was we just felt that uh, you know, like I said, coming off that that last year, and then that was our first year with Moss. We mm-hmm. drafted Moss then. Okay, I didn't realize and, that. Yeah, actually. and so that was uh, we yeah. just felt that going into that year, we were on a roll. Uh, Dennis Green, just amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. I don't think there was another guy outside of Bill Walsh that understood personnel, mm-hmm. you know, I understood personnel and putting a team together 
bringing in the right veterans, bringing in the right, drafting the right guys to where it all come together and fit together. Right. When we talked at lunch, you sort of described it as a combination of football knowledge, being a player's coach, but then still having the respect of, hey, you know, understanding I'm personnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Understanding personnel and mm -hmm. who you want, who you want on your team, mm -hmm. you know, to help you win. So as far as Randy Moss goes, was he, I remember he had gone to Marshall because of the, sort of the legal troubles that he had, right? And do I, I have that correct, right? Like he was, had to go to a smaller school, but still with all the crazy talent. Well, you know, he could have played anywhere he wanted to. Of course, of He course. could have played anywhere. And I, you know, I think, uh, and I don't, you know, I don't know. I never really got into all of the reasons why he didn't go to Notre Dame or all of that kind of stuff. Because that, that really, at the time, didn't, didn't make a difference. And, and it really was. I watched the documentary. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. it really was just like stuff like smoking weed. Like he got caught doing some dumb stuff as a teenager. Yeah. That yeah. really was what yeah. it all it was. Yeah. Exactly, know? and that's basically what it was. Mm -hmm. But one of the tremendous individuals that you meet. Yes. You know. So, so that brings me to another question. I hate keep getting off topic here. When the Vikings re-signed him in, I want to say 2010 or something like that, the reason that um, I had always heard they that he left the team was because of an argument with the staff. You never saw anything like that when no, he was with you no, guys? No, that was... I always thought that that was BS, no, man. that was bullshit. You know? A hundred percent. No, he... No. Even if even if that did happen, the guy is one of the best receivers of all time. Like, I, I just don't understand why we let him go at that point. Well, when Dennis left, that was... He didn't... When Dennis left, I'm sure that was a part of it, too. Yeah. Because Denny... Denny was a, like a mentor mm -hmm. to Randy and and the guys. It, it yeah, the, the team had changed. Okay, the team had changed. All yeah. right. So that record is uh, one of the best in NFL history. I don't think a lot of people think about that. Is the fifteen and one record? Like statistically, that's pretty unbelievable to be able to do yeah. that. Um, so I watched. I rewatched the NFC Championship game, and it was it was tough for me as a Vikings fan, right? And one thing we talked about at lunch that really is fascinating to me about sports is, hey, I'm just some guy, right? Like, I grew up, I started watching the Vikings <laughs> with my dad. Like, I love yeah. it. Yeah. I think of it as part of my personality, you know, sort of. I talk about it on my podcast all the time. But I'm not a coach or a player. Right. So the pain that I feel when they lose to a team, like the Giants, you know, who almost didn't make the playoffs yeah. or... In this situation, when you go fifteen and one, and you uh, you get it up against a team that you guys like, you had them right, and this yeah. at the end it sort of comes apart. How hard was that for you personally? Being that football is is a huge part of your life, it was. Well, you know that it is, and, uh -huh. and the Super Bowl is that goal that you want everyone wants to get to, mm -hmm. you know, and then you want to win the thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Getting there and don't win it, you know. Nobody remembers the second place team. And so, uh, I think this, that uh, that year, it was an amazing year. But I also want to give props. Now, let's don't, you know, people want to remember, Atlanta, I think they were 13 and 3. They were, they or 14 and 2. Okay. They were a pretty darn good football team also. I should have done my, my homework you know. a little bit better. The narrative that I had heard was was pretty much that you guys should have blown them out. Is I have that right? I don't know about blowing them out. We should okay. have won the game. Yeah, of course. We should yeah. have won the game. There mm -hmm. was there was there was two instances that I think being an offensive coach, I want to put it on us. Okay. You know, not the kicker. Not the kicker. And and uh, you know, that's we uh going into halftime, our left tackle got banged up. Okay. And we were coming out on side the 20. You know, we're on the 20. I think it was 20. I you know, can't remember. And we're coming out. You know, we're going out to score. And we called, uh, we, uh, we had a play, and the tackle got beat, but he was injured. Hmm. And I think, uh, and, and being a running backs coach, I sit back, what could I have done different? Well, I probably should have, uh, you know, I put the bonus, that part on me, too, that thinking I probably should have put the back on that side, let him chip the guy coming up mm -hmm. before going out into a route. 
I think it's that type of thing. So I can go back and second guess. Yeah. But I think that was a play because we end up getting a fumble, fumble the ball, and they get the ball on like the 15 yard line, right, right. and they go in and score. Mm-hmm. And so now they're going, and this is right before halftime. So now they're going into the locker room cheering. Huge momentum change. Momentum change. Yeah. You know, and that was big. That's that's always, I mean, throughout history, as long as I can remember being a Vikings fan, it's it's reoccurring, right? Like, in all these different teams. Um, so, I guess just to, one thing I think that you just said that was extremely interesting, and, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for you saying that, is that, you want to take the parts that you could have done better on offense yeah. and not put the whole thing on the kicker. Yeah. That, that being said, and, and I definitely understand that, Gary Anderson hadn't missed a field goal in two years, oh, right? He hadn't missed a field goal. He hadn't missed nothing in practice. So are you sitting I, – I do have a thing on here that just – I really got to get this second by second okay. uh, going through. You guys are going out there. So the, the kicking team is taking the field. Are you going, he's got this? This is automatic. Yeah, we're not worried about it. Man, so the so from the ball being in the air, the ball is going, and you see it go slightly. It was to the left, I believe, slightly to the left. Did that feel like just getting straight up punched in the stomach? Like you just just blindsided? Well, it is. You know, uh, it was. I felt bad. Well, everyone felt bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I guarantee you, Atlanta felt bad. Yeah, they, there they, is that they, aspect. They, to I it. guarantee you, Atlanta said, "Damn." Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse <yeah>. my language. <laughs> no, you can't. I was trying not to swear, honestly. I, you know, and that was just yeah. uh, that was one of those things in life that you just say we don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Don't understand it. And here's the thing. Think about this. And I, there is that. And I wasn't a great math, you know, student or. Uh, that, Me neither. <laughs> there is that thing called the law of average. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he hadn't missed a thing in practice, in games, you know, all year long. So there's a law of average. And he said, you got to be kidding me. One of our coworkers, he's uh, he's he's a little bit older than you. And um, he was so excited when I told him I was going to have this interview with you. And we had a bet on the one of the NFC champion on the NFC championship game this year. AFC, excuse me. And I go, nah, man, the Bengals have got this. He goes, Law of averages, Joey, law of averages. That's he must have right. said it a hundred times. When he hears you say that and then just say it to my face right there and prove him right, he's yeah. gonna go nuts. Adam knows. Yeah. Oh, um, so yeah, I guess I guess really you you've summed that up perfectly, like just how that how that went. And um, I think it was everything I was expecting to hear from it, right? Like sometimes in life you just get you just, that shit just happens. That's you know? right. Um, so we, we got just a few more minutes here, and I really, I would love to do another episode. I got to get these fan questions done here. Okay. We got a get few fans. fun fan questions <laughs> okay. here. Uh, the first one comes from Brian in Ohio. Coach Carl, which non-skill player position gets the most girls? <laughs> so obviously wide receivers, you know, they got... They got the crazy sunglasses and the chains. They're they're they got tons of girls. Quarterbacks, we don't even need to talk about yeah. that. Outside of skill guys, who's pulling the most? I would probably say, you know, be an offensive guy. I would probably say the offensive line. I knew it. I called it. Yes. I would say the offensive yes. line. Is that they're, because they're they're sort of just they have personality a little bit? They they got they have personality. That's big. But then they also have that. You know, they're tough as nails, mm-hmm. but they've got that teddy bear. Yes. That teddy bear look and that teddy bear feel, I guess, you know. It's it's your your a girl's watching him crush other NFL players <laughs> yeah. on the field, but then he's like a giant pillow and they're exactly laying next right. to the fire. Yeah. That's a good one. Okay. I'm glad I got that right. <laughs> this is one of my favorite ones on here. This is from Ben P in Atlanta. What is the craziest pregame routine you've seen from a player or coach? Oh, well, I'll tell you a crazy one. Okay. It was, uh, and it wasn't, uh, this is just, I don't even know if it was a routine or not, but we were playing the Green Bay Packers. Oof. And one of our young guys, and it was a pregame, and we're playing them in Minnesota, and Reggie White was playing. Wow. And so they're on the sidelines, and everybody's high-fiving and nickel and diamond. And, and t- so one of our rookies... 
that was going to go up against Reggie White went out there and started, I'm going to knock the hell out of you, this, that, and the other. And so I'm standing out there, and I just said, oh, no, he didn't. And so the next thing I hear is him cuss again. Uh-huh. You know, just getting his buff on. He's trying to get yeah, himself mentally himself, hyped. Yeah. And he's in front of Reggie White. Oh, my God. And next thing, so I just kind of turn to the side. <laughs> so the next thing I hear is Reggie White, and this was, it was funny. I just had to roll. He says, hey, man, uh, I've got, uh, I'm not going to stand for that. So the next time I hear you cussing at me, I'm going to pray before I lay hands. Wow. <laughs> that might be the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and Reggie White was just nice a guy. Yeah, I've always but, and, but he was very spiritual mm-hmm. and Christian, so he wasn't into all of that. Yeah. And I just had to turn my head and walk away. I was, just laugh. It's almost like getting in a fight in real life. Like the, or If you see one and one guy's like, Woo woo, dancing around doing all these crazy things, and the other guy is completely still and composed, and you're like, that guy's gonna win yeah. the fight. That guy's gonna beat the yeah. shit out of him. Uh, a couple more here. Here's a good one from Nick J in Minnesota. He's actually out here. We're gonna do a podcast later today. How do you handle a skilled player with major behavioral issues? Sit his behind on the bench. I like that. <laughs> so, no, I, I, it depends on what the behavior You know, nowadays, uh, you know, one thing about it, Denny Green was just so good at talking with the players. You know, one of the things that we always did, and I learned this myself, is that uh, we talked about, let's, we can talk about anything and we can talk about everything. Mm-hmm. But football on the field, when you cross that line, it's football. Yes. And when you come back on the other side, we can talk about life and and that and he always encouraged uh, we always talked about how we can be the best that we can be okay and so we didn't have a lot of those type of issues yeah. those problems you know what I mean I think you would say those are much more prevalent nowadays right I see a lot of pouting I see a lot of you know wasted effort wasted decisions you know Can I ask you, what do you think about Antonio Brown? That's a real fascinating one for me because there's a whole argument between is this guy an asshole or does he have extreme CTE from that Vontez Perfect hit? Well, I can't speak to... I can just go from what I can see. Okay. And I can't speak to uh, issues. I, I, You know, mental health out there today is really something to, to, to... that we all need to open our eyes to mm-hmm. and whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I just pray for the guy that he yeah. get the help that he needs. And, and if there, if he feels that he needs some help, yes. you know, I, I don't, that's, that's one of those deals that, you know, I, I feel the same way. I, I liked him so much. Um, and to see, see that happen is just, it's heartbreaking. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I hope it, I hope everything works out. Last question is from my grandma. I told her I would get this one in okay. here. Grandma Shirley over in Mesa, Arizona. She's obsessed with Tom Brady. Okay, I'm a diehard Vikings fan. My grandpa grew up in New Jersey right outside the stadium, and she cheers for the Bucks. Okay. She wanted me to ask you, what do you think on his retirement video? She's probably watched it 106 times now. Well, I haven't seen it. Okay, I okay. can't speak on it, but I think he's making the right decision me to too. retire. He's... You know, you get to a certain point where his maturity in football and his maturity in age, it's tough to relate to the 21-year-old, 24-year-old now Mm. because they've been through totally different, you know, uh, life patterns It's totally different. 100%. And so I think, and it's the same way with, uh, no, we'll stay with Tom Brady. But, you know, great player. He's done amazing. Uh, can't take anything away from what he's done and how he's won. Yes, I agree. I Just based on the wins, I think he's, he's the GOAT. I'm embarrassed. I forgot I have a present for you, and it's Uh-oh. actually in the other room. You okay. mind just giving me like five oh, seconds here? Oh, well, present? You take ten seconds. I'm going to – it's probably about <laughs> And he's I got a question real sure. quick. Yes, get, get on the mic and ask him real quick. So – since you're a running backs coach, right, or you were, 
Would you say Barry Sanders is the best running back of all time? I like Barry Sanders. He was one of my favorites because he would cut it loose. I don't know that, you know, everyone wants to put it in the best of all time. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to, you know, it's, it's hard to put anyone in front of Walter Payton well, here, other here, than Jim Brown. <laughs> yeah. well, well, people forget about um, Bo Jackson. Well, you know, Bo, Bo Jackson. In, in, uh, Bo not in that running, no. Bo, but, but, Bo's but, a heck of a player. But, but the reason I, I say Barry Sanders is because he only played like 10 seasons, and yeah. he's still like top yeah. five rushing yeah. yards, you know, where yeah. Damon Smith, it took him 20 seasons to become the all-time NFL rushing leader. Well... You know, so longevity plays a big part. Like LeBron breaking all these records. You know, he played 20 seasons in the NBA where Michael only played, what, half of that? You know? We can't bring Michael and LeBron into this. We'll be here for the next 10 hours. No, but I'm just making a point. You know, Barry Sanders, in my opinion, is the best running back. So I I want to get your opinion on what you think about that. Well, I, you know, I've got much love and high respect for Barry Sanders. He's... He's one of the most exciting running backs that you'll ever see, you know, it, and it's amazing. I and He did some stuff that I just, I've seen him do stuff, <laughs> and they're different. But so I, you know, he's one of my favorites of all time. I mean, he's right there at the top, and I say that because I've seen it. <laughs> seen one time it. when I was in college, there was, you know what an yeah. RA is, right, the... Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of just like nerds that stay on the floor with you to make sure you don't drink. And one of them tried to tackle me over smoking weed. This was like six years ago. I would compare the move that I make to Barry, to a Barry Sanders-esque type move. Coach, I wish you could have just seen this tape if anybody got, had got it on film. <laughs> I think you'd be you'd be talking to him, uh, see if I get on the roster. Anyway... Uh, I didn't have. I should have wrapped it. I wish I did. But this is uh, this is for you, Coach. Oh, this is for you. thank you. This is the official uh, yes, very first indeed. T-shirt ever of the Joey Hates Everything podcast. I love it. So you know, this, this is just a suggestion. Maybe next time you see Randy, or you know, and any next time you're at a at an NFL game, you put that on and you go, "This guy's gonna be something big." You He's know? something big. He is something big right now. Hell yeah. Man. There you go. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course. And Coach, I, I'm so thankful that you did this. I really hope we get a, a chance to do it again sometime soon. Well, just let me know. Of for course, sure. It'll be a pleasure. Thank you so yes, much. Indeed. And can I get a, can I get a Skull Vikings to take us out of here? Skull Vikings. Hell yeah, yes, man. Yes, indeed. That was awesome.